Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Today, I'm so honored to have these men on the show who I call my brothers. I've known you both for as long as I've lived in America. Our families are close. We've been around the same community for years. And I want to say that I'm so grateful for you both for taking the time out to speak with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So how's the family? I hope everything is well and safe. Yeah. Yep. As good as everybody's gonna be, you know, just riding the weather and the storm, you know, staying at home and all that. So, yeah, definitely. So, what is words of yesterday? I'll let you take that one, Cesar. I'm gonna take it. Okay. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, I'll let you take that one. So, I'm gonna first tell you, I guess, how it started off. Um, I randomly one day just got a call from some board, and he was like, "Bro." Like, we like Proverbs, we do this, that, and the third. Like, what if we, like, recorded something at my counter talking about some Proverbs we like and giving our interpretation? I was like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. We did that one. We posted on his private page. And then everybody was like, yo, this has to be a reoccurring, you know, a segment or whatever. And then, like, literally that, like, the next day we sat and we were like, um, okay, what's the name going to use? We were like, we were thinking a whole bunch of craziness. Um, but then... It was um, words from yesterday that we came on. It was like, oh, shoot, that's pretty dope. Um, and then from there, we kind of just expanded out. And so basically on it, what we are trying to do is use the Proverbs that we grew up learning, the different verbal stories, um, the different things from Yoruba, Akan culture, and other traditions across the continent, taking them and um, applying it to kind of relevant situations that we go through at our age, um, that we know some of our peers are going through and, you know, try to make it as relatable as possible. Like I like to learn, you know, languages. So I'm studying some languages, but we're trying to make it so that no, you don't have to speak, um, you know, chi or Yoruba to understand this. Like we can take this and apply it to our context now and still get the same wisdom from it. Okay. So for our listeners who are getting to know you both, um, what exactly are proverbs anyway? What, what is a proverb? Mm. I guess I can I can start. Um, so this may not be the Oxford definition, but to me, proverbs like play an important function in terms of the memory of a people. You know, hmm. so uh, as people begin to learn lessons in whatever environment they live in, they begin to observe things about a lot of proverbs about. Uh, there's actually a whole book I have, an Ebo book. It talks about chicken proverbs. It's literally the entire book is just proverbs related to chickens. So people in their environment begin to learn lessons. They begin to observe how animals behave, how people behave, how the properties of certain plants, and then they can pass that down, right? And so they can encode like the character of a people, you know? So like for you or my people, for example, like respect is a very big thing. Like you literally, you know, to greet your parents in very traditional spaces, prostrate across the floor to greet your parents or other elders and stuff like that. Mm. There are a lot of proverbs that talk about respect. And so like to me, proverbs are a way that they're able to pass down this character 
to their children and to subsequent generations. So to me, they're a very important part of a people's collective cultural memory. Definitely. So um, what is the significance of learning African stories and proverbs? Um, I guess I'll add on to that. So like Sabor said, because proverbs, these stories, um, you know, the, the various literature that comes from these traditions are literally speaking to the experience, you know, experiences that people are having, they've had and will have, you know, we're able to take them and then apply it to any new situation we face. So if I wake up one day and for some reason I, I get into a situation and, you know, I, I'm not displaying righteous character. By me knowing the proverb, by me knowing the story or whatever, you know, poetry or whatever, I'm able to look at that and say, wait, you know, you know, something about character, you know, the house is beautiful, but what about its pillars, you know, and then relating that same thing back to the character, right? You know, so it, it's, um, I think, what is, what's the problem with the Um I think one's character is like smoke is difficult, is difficult to hide. Or evil deed, excuse me, evil deed is like a perfume, but it's difficult to hide. And so it's like, when you know that, you either looking at yourself in a situation, you know that, okay, well, this aspect of me is going to come out unless I change it. Or when you see someone else, you're like, wait, why, why is this person engaging like this? At first, I didn't see them doing this, but now I do. Mm. And then you remember, well, evil deeds are like perfume. It's difficult to hide, right? It's going to come out at some point. Like it's, mm. it's the, the smell of it is going to be pervasive. And one thing I did want to add about Proverbs in general, they are, they are multi-dimensional and multi they have a lot of different uses in the sense that one situation you may hear a proverb and you can apply it to one thing, but another situation you hear another proverb and you can apply it to that situation. And a lot of times, particularly in our con culture, the word for proverb, which is ebeh, it comes from the word for a palm tree, which is abeh, right? And that comes from the idea that like a palm tree, there's so many different uses of that proverb like a palm tree you can make palm wine mm. you can take the, the the nuts of it and use it for stuff you can make rope from it you can make mm. a whole bunch of stuff you can use and so just like that proverbs are able to be used in many 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 different situations mm. it's actually that proverb i've actually been finding in a number of cultures in southern africa and in western africa the proverb mm. about the palm like this one that says uh what is it proverbs are the palm wine with which words are eaten like, right. I've literally found that one in so many parts of Africa. And it's, and it's, wow. I've been very curious about it. And I just want to add one thing to your point. This reasoning may seem some, a little bit more surface level. But to me, like learning Proverbs makes you feel distinguished. Hmm. I think that in a lot of cultures, as I'm studying, you know, people who are able to speak pro Proverbs and understand them are revered as someone having a certain amount of knowledge. Right. right. So for me, it makes me feel like, you know, I think that in America, someone being considered culture, it is like, well, you can quote Shakespeare, you know, about opera, you know, about this. Well, to me, you know, our, our family comes from Haiti and they, and they come from here. So to me, my ancestors came from Africa. So to me, learning my ancestors' cultures and being, and being able to kind of recite that just makes me feel distinguished. You yeah. Know? Wow. Right. And I actually wanted to mention to my listeners that the reason why these two are on the um, podcast today, uh, Sesa and Ade, is because in my eyes and in my mind, I believe that they are creatives just as much as artists are creatives, right? Because I think that words and language are also a form of art 
So to have that knowledge and to have um, the ability to understand a metaphorical quote or a you know piece of literature or a proverb is there's something really artistic about it and the ability to critically think and try to dissect the words to figure out how it applies to your life is really interesting Mm -hmm. to me and I think that um it's it's a creative habit it's a way to try to draw the picture and see it in your own eyes right that's definitely something like we'll even go over like when we're about to post some content mm. we'll call each other and we'll say yo we have this proverb okay how do we apply it to this situation we'll go through all the various interpretations that we can come to and we'll say well this one best fits this situation and so we're going to use that you know um and there's like a proverb that also says you know when the occasion comes the proverb comes right mm. and so it's like when you bring a proverb you bring it in the context of a particular situation you don't just say anything anytime for any old thing like no it's specific to that situation that you're citing a particular proverb Mm. and i also add one thing too proverbs are very cultural too you know and so sometimes for me and i think that's why we do so many urban proverbs Mm. because we've got a chance to experience that culture a little bit more than certain other ones we do a lot of haitian proverbs because we have more experience with that culture because a lot of these proverbs, you know, you, you really have to, to understand them. You have to understand the cultural context that they exist in. Oh, of I course. A proverb mm-hmm. the other day that said uh, the aftertaste of Ewudo mm-hmm. is sweetness. And so like Ewudo is like bitter leaf. But like to understand that, you got to understand that bitter leaf is used by so many cultures across like West Africa where it grows. Right. You got to understand the process of getting the juice out of it and stuff like that. And so... A lot of times, like he said, we'll call each other. And if it's in a comp proverb, I'll be like, hey, you have a little bit more experience than this. Or I'll call someone who is an older person who's your mm. who has more experience. Or like the last example is like, there was a proverb about a lizard. that said, uh, if the lizard lies motionless, it lies waiting for its prey. I literally spent an hour watching a documentary about how lizards hunt. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, let, let me try to understand this. And it was like, these lizards literally sit still and if you look at them, you wouldn't think they're doing anything, but they're just calmly calculating and everything. So mm. sometimes understanding that context takes knowing the culture. It takes a lot of thought, you know, and it's a creative process, like you're saying. Definitely. Absolutely. And I do feel like uh, just naturally as a people, we are very creative in anything that we do. And I think whether it's art or whether it's, you know, literature, whether it's whatever you're doing that has a sense of creativity or has a sense of sharing, um, it, it requires like what am I trying to say? It, basically, what I'm saying is we naturally have those abilities to be able to do whatever we need to do. It's, it's in our spirit already. <laughs> like we already know, we already know that everything requires meaning for us, right? Mm-hmm. And everything that we do. So that, that's creativity to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, so Phil was unable to be here, but he wanted to ask, how do you guys manage to memorize so many proverbs? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, you know, part of it is, uh, you know, the Rite of Passage program mm-hmm. you know, um, that we both went through, which, you know, I know you're extremely familiar with. Um, you know, it, it's it's in that process, it being drilled into us, like, you got to right. know Proverbs. And even when I think about it, before that, like, going to Nation House, like, 
You know, my mama Fia used to write proverbs every day on the board. Baba used to write proverbs every day. So it was second yes. nature. Yes, ex- exactly. And so for me, it's like I would bring the proverbs home that they were writing the board, and I would tell my mother, and I'd be like, "Mom, what do you think this means?" You know. So all that to say, it's just kind of been. I'm extremely thankful for the elders, everything they gave us, and for me, it's just expressing something that's, you know, always I've always felt as a part of me. Likewise. So, um, from what I'm hearing, uh, it just was something that was naturally easy to memorize because you've, it's been instilled in you since you were a child. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I know, I mean, me me and some boy can attest to this. Like Mm -hmm. my mom would, anytime we got into a situation, she'll tell us a proverb. And then sometimes it'll be like proverbs from us in the South. Like one, like anytime a hard situation came up, she'd be like, it's a, um, what she, what would she say? It was, it's a long road to hoe, right? So it's a long road to go and cultivate down that line, like your garden or farming. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of work to get down that path. And so it's always consistently, well, this, ha- this happened. Well, you need to do this. Well, this happened. You need to do this. You didn't have, you weren't humble in this situation. So here's a proverb to remind you to be humble. Um, but honestly, also we, I would say me and Sabor challenge each other. Mm-hmm. Like Sabo will buy a book. I'm like, why is he buying a new book right now? Like now I have to go buy this book so he's not better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like we're constantly and then we have like our little brother, he always pulling out some proverb from ancient Kemet. And so it's like we gotta stay on our game about that. So we've also been able to create an environment amongst us, even with inside the environment that our elders have set for us, so that we're kind of pushing each other to to continuously know new proverbs. Mm. Ever since I've known you guys, like you've always, as brothers do, compete against each other to make sure you're on your your stuff. <laughs> and and yes. I love that. That's wonderful <laughs> that you guys are still continuing to do yes. that. <laughs> um, so um, there has been a lot of controversy surrounding um, Beyonce and her recent film. I just wanted to bring this up because I know that when I've listened and watched your web series, you guys compare a lot of proverbs that are African-American and African. And my question is, are we the same people? And how are we different? Because people, I think that people have a confusion and um, a misunderstanding of appreciation versus appropriation of a culture. So I just wanted to know your, your ideas and your thoughts about, um, about how we're connected and how we're separate and why it's a, silly, it's a silly idea to think that we are significantly different than we are the same. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's a, well, first I want to start by saying that this is kind of just, a, a, just a, some framing points, like, you know, no matter where you're from, whether you're from Haiti, Jamaica, Mississippi, you did not appear out of nowhere. You know, a lot of people have a lot of theories about how black people are really the indigenous. No, we, we come from Africa, you know. So I think understanding that kind of kind of frames the basis of my understanding of this question. And I think that there, there are differences that should be respected. You know, like I think, uh, you know, there's like Nigeria alone, man, has like hundreds of different like languages and, and ethnic groups, you know? And so sometimes when we approach Africa, we approach it with a sense of like an American arrogance. And so sometimes we can just be like, 
oh, well, this is just African. Is this? No, like you gotta, you gotta respect and understand those different, understand the subtleties between the Yoruba, Igbo, Hausa, all the small groups. Understand and learn that, so approach it with a sense of humility, but then also understand that this is where you're from, you know, that it is your birthright as someone from the diaspora to connect with Africa, mm-hmm. you know, and also understand that there's been a, this conversation, this cultural exchange is not new. There's been a lot of things that people like Malcolm X, people like Garvey, even earlier in that, Martin Delaney in the 1800s traveling back to Africa. There's been things that they've gotten from Africa. And there's also been some things that we've given, you know what I'm saying, uh, some more modern uh, cultural expressions on the continent, like Fela coming over here and, and rocking with some jazz, funk people. Yeah, let's not forget those things because that's important. The right. fact that even uh, Africans use similar slangs that African Americans developed. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a constant cycle of us borrowing and sharing with each other right. um, that I don't think that we instinctively know or like subconsciously are conscious of but we it's always been that way since we were stripped or separated from each other right i think the the one thing i would add is that it's very necessary especially when you have this this big push for people to go and and reclaim african culture Mm -hmm. it's just for us on this side to make make sure that we come and we study hard right so if we're gonna go and we're gonna take a name and say, okay, this is the name that I'm reclaiming. That's positive. Just make sure you understand the full context in which that name existed. And so when we're going, you know, we're then actually fully reconnecting ourselves with it. We're not just taking apart and running away with it. We're actually bridging or building a bridge that's actually um, sustainable, excuse me, and can be passed on through generations. It doesn't just become a Someone had that name. I knew it from somewhere, but I don't really know. Like, no, I know this. My family purposefully went here, reconnected, and made this bridge for us to maintain and grow this connection. Because like, you, like y'all are saying, this flow is constant. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, the Icon do this, we do this over here. There's a, there's a connection that we don't necessarily see right now, but it will become apparent later. Definitely. You know, so. Can I add yeah. something to that too? Please. Just one, one point. Yeah, like. Something that really amazed me. So like is something, a conversation I had with a professor when I was in Cameroon. I spent mm-hmm. about a month or so in Cameroon studying this volcano at a university, uh, University of Boya. So like coming up here, I was always aware of the ignorance that was pumped into our head about Africa and Africans. People have all types of ignorant African booty scratcher and you see these old images of Tarzan and the You jungle. guys wear clothes, you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I was aware of all that stuff. But then when I went over there, one of my professors told me that growing up, because he came here to study at Lincoln or some university, mm. that they would pump ignorant images to them about African-Americans too. So he said when he came over here, he didn't want to associate with any African-Americans because they had told him some ridiculous rumor about us being animals. And so what that shows me is like, this thing has been done from either side on purpose to separate, to separate that unity, you know what I'm saying? So, and so we really just got to blow past that, you know, like people, Definitely. it's, it's advantageous to certain people to have the diaspora and the continent separate. So, yeah. Yep. That was, thank you for that answer. 
<laughs> that was brilliant. Um, so do you guys have any favorite proverbs that uh, apply to your daily life or what's going on right now in the world? We can't, you know, we can't forget that we're facing two pandemics. One is racism and the other is COVID-19. So, um, you know, just off of the top of your head, do you have anything kind of that you can share or to assist with people to remain grounded and kind of anything, whatever pops up? I mean, the first proverb that comes to my head is is a well-known one from the Akan people, and it mm-hmm. says, It says, life is war and your family is your army. To me, that's something that I hold very dear because everything I do as we're navigating through life, I do with my family. Mm-hmm. You know, and family in this context, when you say when you say family, it's not only your parents, your siblings, or you and your your, your spouse and your mm-hmm. children. It's your parents, your grandparents, your cousins, your aunties, everyone is your family right mm-hmm. and so understanding that working and, and engaging with everyone in your family is the best way to navigate through you know so i think that's one that always comes on top of my head you know i'm sure some boy got a fire one so go ahead brother. ah <laughs> uh, see you said yours in tree i gotta try to say mine's in your mind now okay let me come see. on um, come on mine's one of my favorite ones i repeat all the time is says suru ni baba yuwa uh, which basically means patience is the father of character. Mm. Elder who has patience has all things. And mm. I love that one, one, because my name means patience, Sabor. Um, but then also there's a whole, there's a few stories that go with it. But there's a whole story, which I won't tell right now, but it talks about how someone had the opportunity to choose between long life, wealth, blessings of children, et cetera, and patience. Mm. And because they chose patience, all of the other ones then came to them afterwards. And so that mm-hmm. was one of my favorite because it just reminds me like, especially during this time, especially like where we've all been forced to kind of sit in place and a lot of the stuff that we're doing has been shut down where it's like, okay, you know, if I, if I have patience, if I do my things that I have to do, you know, then everything else that I want will come. So that's, that's one that I repeat to myself all mm-hmm. the time. The last one that I'll say is a recent one I just discovered, but it relates to all this, the, the other pandemic that you were talking about, racism. This one says, it's an Igbo proverb. It says, mm-hmm. when a leopard is made the judge in a case, the goat is mm-hmm. always guilty. And so nice. that one, I love That's that one. <laughs> you know, as, as we focus on the, the, the more surface level aspects of racism, like the person up the block who crosses the street when I walk. That's a problem. But the system is also a problem. That systematic nature between Black people and these major institutions, financial institutions, judicial institutions, police, uh, educational institutions, that that nature of a relationship, like a a goat and a um, leopard, Mm -hmm. right? Until that nature of that relationship changes, then like the proverb is saying, Black people are always going to be guilty. We're always going to get the short end of the stick. We're always going to suffer. So we should also focus on systematic change as well as we focus on the personal interaction. Absolutely. So how has your background as men, well, how has your background shaped the men you are today? That's my question. <laughs> Powerful questions. Powerful. You, you want to go first? Or you'll be go first. Um, yeah, sure. I would say, so growing up, um, I was blessed to have a community of, a strong African men around me consistently. So anytime, you know, that I had a question, I'm like, what, what is that I'm supposed to do here as a man? I was able to look and see 
what was supposed to be done. You know, I was able to watch my, my older brothers work their way through stuff so that I can see, oh, okay, wow, this is how I have to handle stuff. I can see, I can go to my dad, you know, I can go to my uncles, I can go to my elders and, and ask these questions and then have the, you know, have the space to ask these questions and really learn how to be a man. I don't, I didn't have to stumble my way into it. Like, I'm able to go, I have a question about this. Okay, how do I deal with this? They'll give me the advice, they'll give me proverbs, they'll give me X, Y, and Z, and then that'll better situate me to move as necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And then at the same time, I've also had, you know, a community of strong African women, right? So I can see a consistent balance, you know, in how everything is supposed to be handled. You know, it's not only men or it's not only women, it's a balance in how things are moving, you know? Um, so I think yeah. for me, that whole balance piece is, is kind of the major uh, pillar or whatever, you know, that, that, that kind of has stuck with me as I'm moving through. So, okay, what's the balance? Look around you to see how the men and women around you are engaging and then use that to find your path forward. So that's what I would say. Sabor, Adi? Um, only thing I would add to it is, you know, I just want to shout out like elders like Baba Ajay, you know, just like sometimes I feel like we haven't even fully seen it yet because we look back and we talk about people like Malcolm yeah, and we're like, yeah you got to be with Malcolm, da, da, da. like, so in 10 years, we'll look back and people be like, you, you mean you got to take class with Baba RJ? You got to sit under the tree with him? And like, so I'm extremely blessed to have, you know, just had those giants of men and women and elders just to be in my corner. And so I would just add that to what Cesar said. Yeah, he, definitely. He touched on it. Definitely. So what is your spiritual foundation? I know you guys have different spiritual, um, paths and different spiritual uh journeys uh what is its connections connections to words of yesterday um so how do the two relate with one another and yeah just share a little bit about your spiritual foundation mm, well i think i and i'm always trying to like like give framing answers first but like i think there's really no way to set this dichotomy between like this what's secular and what's mm. spiritual, I, I think it's false, mm. you know, and, and, and just, just in general, because there's no way to separate. Like when I do Yoruba Proverbs, like I'm amazed by how many of them come from the quote unquote spiritual practices of the Yoruba people. Mm. So it's like, it's really hard to understand some of these Proverbs without understanding the spiritual beliefs. A lot of them speak about the uh, Orisha, uh, it might be a proverb about the thunder is this because Shango, or um, some spiritual medicine that it's talking about. And so me being someone who practices Ifa, which is a spiritual cultural practice of the Yoruba people, Mm. that's been a very key part of me understanding the Yoruba proverbs that I come in contact with. And so, so yeah, so in summary, I think that uh, there's no separation. I know Sace, I can speak on it too, but for the Akan people, I know it's the same. Like the the spiritual, the spiritual, spiritual systems or practice, the religion is the culture. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Sabor said it. Sabor said it all, honestly. Great. <laughs> like, right. yeah. Okay. So can you share with us what Ebe Akansi, if I said that correctly, um, means and what is that? What is the purpose? Why are you guys doing this? Yeah. So Ebe Akansi is like, it's um literally what kind of translate like a problem proverb battle, proverbial battle. And so it's basically, it's something done in Akan, traditionally in Akan culture, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically a test of your wits. It's like people have debates. You know, you have the great debate. You know, for us in our con culture, you have, I kind of see, you have to sit there and be able to go back and forth and exchange proverbs, you know, and typically the proverbs are related to each other. So if I say a proverb about humility, you say a proverb about humility, or you say a proverb that speaks to another aspect of what the proverb is that I said. And so it's showing your ability to look, to see, and say, okay, wait, this is connected to this, this is connected to this, and so this proverb speaks to this well. And so... That's actually one of the ways that we will maintain our ability to recall proverbs. Yeah. You know, like me and some bull will challenge each other, um, me and my little brother, and it's consistently us going back and forth and back and forth. Um, mm. Yeah, finding proverbs that relate to each other and so on. So, can you each share an African proverb that stands out for you and why it holds significance? So, different from what we did earlier, but just um, a proverb that's the, the most uh inspiring for you and then share just like what that significance holds for you i'll let you go first say so uh can you ask the question one more time make sure i make sure i got it just share a proverb that holds significance to you one that stands Mm. out from the many that you know and then just give a reason why okay so there's a proverb that i like um and Okay, so yeah, there's one, there's a proverb that says, and it says that the elephant is great, but it is the antelope that owns the nation. And so this speaks to, and this is what Sabo's talking about in terms of how everything is very cultural. So we know the elephant to be a very, very big and mighty animal. But I think it's the antelope, if I remember the translation correctly. Um, is the one that is said to, to be like the almost like the totem of the nation because it has special qualities. It's not as big in terms of physical might, but spiritually and in other qualities as it has, kind of has caused it to become the symbol of this nation. Oh, wow. And so for me, that's big. I ain't a big dude, you know. And so remembering that as I go through, it's like, okay, there's times where might and that big bigness is necessary but there's a lot of other times when those other qualities are just as, or if not more important. And so mm. balancing it all as you move through, when you That's see real. something, don't, don't judge a book by its cover type yeah, of thing. Of course, yeah. You see it's big. Okay, cool. Or you see this is small, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you know, whatever perception you have about it is true. Mm. Thank you. Saborade. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna go with this Igbo proverb, which says, and when I learned this one, it instantly became one of my favorites. It says, if a medicine man is not careful when searching for what is above, he may fall into a pit below. So I love that one because, Eesh. yeah, it's being someone <laughs> just a extremely spiritual person. And to any religious person, no matter what religion you're in, Christian, Muslim, some traditional African spiritual practice, mm-hmm. to me it speaks to a balance between looking up to the heavens and, and, and the spiritual signs and everything like that and looking at what's in front of you. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna say my prayers, you know, I'm gonna gonna talk to the ancestors, I'm gonna do all that stuff. But then I'm also use my own practical brain, you know, and and, and figure out what work I'm gonna actually do on the ground, you know? So it's like, if you you focus too much on the heavens, you know, and you don't deal with the practical, then you may fall into a pit because you're not watching where you're going. So to me, it just reminds me of that balance that I have to have. That's a good one, I like that one. So 
just to conclude, this is our final question. And um, I just wanted to mention again, I'm so appreciative that we had this conversation. This has been wonderful. Um, but for those who are interested in learning about words of yesterday from yesterday, how can they keep in touch or, and follow your journey? Well, I would say first you can follow our Instagram page. Um, so that would just be at words from yesterday. Mm -hmm. One word. Um, we got a lot of stuff in the works. We got a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, nothing that we're ready to announce yet. No you know, problem. We got a lot of classes, different things like that coming. Great, but definitely great. go follow our Instagram page. That would be the first thing I would say. No problem. So I'll get that content from you um, so that we can share that with our listeners. Um, so again, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Um, many blessings to you both on your journey with words from yesterday. Um, I look forward to seeing all of the wonderful things that you have um, that are coming. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much for having us. All right. <laughs> great, Take great. Care.